where are you from like they need to instantly either box you into a state or a language or a religion uh, people are still like super traditional or there are people like me who maybe have moved around a lot so for us it's the joy of being multicultural i was told by a person, by a mother of my own age that oh you're a stay at home mom but uh, your kids don't speak hindi still how is that possible pops in a pod pops in a pod hi and welcome to pops in a pod i'm nadir pop and i'm peter pop In the last episode we spoke about third culture kids and Peter you spoke about your experience as one right and and this week joining us on the podcast is another third culture kid I'm very glad to welcome Aditi Varna Singh the founder and chief editor of Rising World Children glad to have you on Pops and Pod Aditi Thank you I'm so excited for this conversation Now you know I purposely kept the introduction brief because when i was reading up on you you wear many hats and i don't think i would do justice to it so for all our listeners if you could just quickly give them a brief introduction about yourself first of all thank you so much of course i'm so excited to be here uh, i am aditi vardhan singh uh, i went from uh, being a blogger to a freelance writer to Uh, founding raising world children because i felt that there were not enough people talking about cultural issues that we were facing in parenting uh, it started off as being a collaborative platform uh, of over like 100 writers and slowly it's evolved into this uh, beast i would say where i'm hoping that we get can help produce more and more diverse stories uh, like the one i recently recently released which is amaya's two worlds uh i have so far written 13 books myself and uh, helped publish five and i edit multicultural books as well uh and of course i'm mother to two kids who are american and indian i don't say half half they are completely and wholly indian and completely wholly american and uh, i'm still living the third culture life <laughs> oh yeah that that's absolutely crazy i mean like I have to give a shout out and mention uh, Facebook communities, right? Because that's where my wife Karen actually came across uh, you, and she said, "You know what, Peter? You have to get her on the podcast." And I think that's the beauty, at least, uh, of social media, right? I mean, we can be sitting in two different countries, and uh, before we hit record, actually, we were just bonding of our experience about being Gulfy kids, as I like to call us. Yeah, for sure. I tell everyone like a lot of people say that oh, social media is not that great and it's addictive and all that. But I say all the success, whatever I would say I have had is thanks to social media. With the, the connections I've made, I've met amazing people like you guys. Uh, I have uh, found uh, resources. I have found uh, my tribe, and so I totally owe everything. I would not even know that I was a third culture kid without social media. because i got into this multicultural parenting things just sharing about my life and slowly i got connected with all these other mothers and fathers who were around the world sharing their struggles and about being third culture kids or mixed race or biracial and i was like wait this is a completely different world and no one i mean people i didn't know that i was a third culture kid till i heard the word <laughs> you know i actually found my wife on social media so i have a lot to <laughs> be happy about social media although i'm not the most social person in the world but yeah thank you social media for that and and 
incidentally she also happens to be from kuwait oh wonderful kuwait is amazing not many people agree those who have been born and raised there yes it's it's amazing for many of us but you also i mean let let, let me let me try and uh, you know choose the right words and please forgive me if i sound extremely cliched but let's let's say that you were uh, you're kuwaiti right <laughs> and being in in kuwait growing up in kuwait right uh did you feel indian or did people make you feel indian or what was it like because you've already touched upon the whole aspect of third culture and social media kind of throwing you out there right so what was what was it like being in that world so interestingly i grew up in an indian community i went to a school which was which had indian kids there uh the only uh i would say segue into other cultures was when we went to someone's house or when we went to the market or when we i when i started working is when you know i got exposed to oh, these are the different kind of people like there are egyptians living there and there are other people who are coming from other parts of the gulf so uh, honestly growing up i didn't even have a thought about uh, am i indian am i this kids now think a lot more about it but back when we were so busy studying because our parents would be like full time just keep studying that that's what we used to do so there was no time for anything else uh, to even think about but i have to say and i i know that peter said not to talk about it but since you brought it up when i went to india was the first time uh, after the gulf uh, after the invasion in kuwait is when someone asked me is like where are you from so i said uh, i'm like i didn't even understand the question i was like what so they were like no so where are you from like which state are you from so i was like okay no my mom is from maharashtra and my dad is from madhya pradesh and then she was like no no but so oh it's a, so it's a love marriage i said no no it's an arranged marriage like i didn't even understand why she this 10 year old kid why is she so bothered about where am i from like you know and uh, that is when i realized like my thought process does not compute certain things which are you know i don't know foundationally indian you might say to even think about a state or to think about like even now when people ask me where in india are you from it's so difficult to answer them because so i i've started saying you know i'm from kuwait it just makes it easier <laughs> i can so relate and i like i was literally like at one point hard relate i was saying is uh, because in the previous episode uh, when nadir and i were talking my uh, experience was very similar when i moved to india at the age of 6 uh, somebody asked me oh you're the dubai kid because nobody even knew of abu dhabi back then right we're talking like early 90s and i was like okay i'm the dubai kid and then like when you go abroad you're like oh you're the indian kid so at some point like that entire identity of who you are and i think when you're young it doesn't really affect you so much but say once you're in your teens or in your early 20s also right like that's when it really because uh, you you were talking about a girl at 10 asking right like my parents actually had a love marriage both from completely different parts of india completely different religions so it's only like when i was much older did i comprehend a lot of what they went through back in the 80s so i i, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about but i have to ask you right and i i know let's get all of these uh, nri stereotypes and all of that right because especially now with social media you have a lot of these memes and people making fun of them 
So mm-hmm. let's be honest. When you see another Indian mother or family and stuff like that, what's the thing that you react? So yeah. So first of all, like like I mentioned, even now people have to you know find that box like instantly because. Uh, for indians and this could be true of other communities to be honest but i have seen it in indians because that's the culture that i was raised in and i'm around is that uh, where are you from like we need to instantly either box you into a state or a language or a religion i'm sorry to say but for me it's need none of those things matter because i grew up uh, in a family where my, my mom used to speak marathi with her uh, with her family and we spoke hindi at home and english was my primary language I, my first language is english uh, which people don't even realize uh, and uh, for indians what i find interesting is that you have two types of indians right one is like they're super indian outside being out of out of india like lot of things i will say people don't even know that in india like, like acha are you still doing that like you know uh, people are still like super traditional or there are people like me who maybe have moved around a lot so for us it's the joy of being multicultural so we'll celebrate navratri in our own way like for me navratri i'm celebrating by fasting it from my phone every evening because uh, because of migraines i can't fast fast anymore i'm doing air quotes here uh, but uh, yeah so it's it's like that so in my first book strong roots have no fear i said that that uh, there you know if you try to hold on to tradition blindly like just with your two hands grabbing it it's like sand you know because uh, the kids now are so logical in their thinking that they're like hey if you don't have a reason for it then why are we doing it so uh, which is what my thought is uh, when i see people being super indian i'm calling it super indian because there are normal people also <laughs> okay so hang on then i have to ask you the next nri stereotype do you go first day first show for all the bollywood movies when they release i have to otherwise everyone on social media will share all the reviews na it's, it's <laughs> crazy like i can't i i tell my husband i have i i get panic attacks because if i i want to watch a movie like brahmastra i went first day first show because i was like if i wait for the next day people are going to be sharing their opinion online and i don't like it and it's not even that opinion that matters it's that like they'll give spoilers now like oh you know this one is there and that one's there so i just like oh please i have to go first day for, just for that reason so what you and peter share in terms of you know being third culture kids this is something that i think i have only experienced by other people right most recently i think my wife uh, peter of course but earlier uh, when i was much younger back in college um, i remember a, a very far off relative uh, had had come to india right and she looks as indian as it could be right like she could be walking on the streets and uh, you you wouldn't know you you couldn't tell whether she's from the suburbs or from town or whatever but she's she was actually from europe so born and raised there and everything and how do you know when she speaks thick very very thick thick english accent right so she was telling me that you know when she went shopping and <clears throat> when the shopkeeper was trying to tell her the price of of the product she didn't understand because he was he just assumed she'll know hindi right and and she tried saying that, i i i don't i'm i'm not from india like can you imagine looking like an indian and then you have to say that i'm not from india i don't understand and the shopkeeper thought that um you know she like he he was being mocked and she's like nothing i was i felt so betrayed or rather i it just it just felt as if he was being betrayed 
that you know how dare you mock me and how can you not you look like uh, a certain way but you can't kind of speak the language did you ever come across these kind of experiences because of of the way you grew up and different you know cultures and countries and moving about did you always feel that you know people are looking so at you differently so how long is your podcast again because <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't know how i don't know why uh, when i was in college people could make out i was different i now in retrospect i think it was the things i used to wear because my wardrobe was from kuwait right it was from a little bit more branded i would say not that i knew what i even now i don't believe in brands but my mom used to shop for me and you know my my i used to wear those different kind of clothes and things like that so i think that's one of the things and of course the way i used to talk so uh, a couple of years into college people would uh, say that oh, you do know, you sound very different so i'm like what i i don't think i have an accent at all like i i haven't she's like but you don't sound indian i'm like what how does an indian sound like indian itself is like so many languages and everyone has their own accent but yeah that's just how it is uh, i was uh, uh, i wanted to bring up like since we keep mentioning college i have to tell you this stereotype it was hilarious my first uh, i think it was a second or third day in college and i got introduced to this group of boys and uh, we sat down and so this guy someone asked me so like so where are you from where have you come from so i said i came from kuwait and this is like my and you know coming here okay so why did you come i said okay because they don't have college there so then he goes like how in america they have those thoughts this guy goes so you roam around there on camels and i was like like even if that made sense to you in your head you're like not a kid you're 18 years old like i was like are you kidding you think like, no i'm serious so i'm like so these are just like these are funny incidents but of course there is a lot of like i'm a non vegetarian so people will sometimes you know have oh that oh my talk. god i have to interject in this right so i i keep talking about like one of the experiences i had uh, was when i worked in poland and initially i went on an internship and then i uh, worked there for another year i still remember my polish friends like having sheer horror on their face when they found out that i eat chicken they're like but you're indian so i was like yes and indians do eat meat but they were just like oh my god like it was just that they were completely betrayed by whatever they knew about indians and i i, I mean come on like at this point also it's it's very hard for me uh, to sound indian right even though i've spent like 10 years living here because everyone's like what is this accent and where exactly is it from so i i i can totally uh, this and i think you know what honestly we we can do just like an entire episode just on our experiences but i i want to just move or at least fast forward slightly right because while we talk about all of this right and we're talking about say even the 90s and 2000s we're we're talking in 2022 and we're all parents now and i want to understand like especially now at least i live in india right so with my son it's slightly different but uh, you're a mother of two how different or similar have you noticed it with their upbringing right because you brought up a couple of times that it's it's different the kids think differently right so how would you attribute at least the similarity or differences between your childhood to your children's childhood in the us if we could start off with that i think i think the first difference comes uh, in the fact that i am very 
mindful of what we do in our house. Uh, like our parents would just do things and we would just go along with it because, you know, that's just how our upbringing was. Compared to me raising my kids, uh, knowing that, you know, they will be questioned at times about the choices they make, uh, the celebrations they do, the festivals they celebrate. Uh, so, like in my home, we celebrate Christmas as grandly as we celebrate Diwali uh, because I grew up next to a Christian household and it, it means a lot to me. It's not that I celebrate because to give my kids gifts. So I always make sure they know that, you know, that there's a reason why we as a Hindu family celebrate Christmas and we talk about Jesus and his life stories and things like that. Uh, as far as the kids thinking is concerned, uh, it is interesting that uh, when they sit on the bus and when they are at play dates at my home, you'll see many kids bring up their culture in different ways. So that is why I feel it's even more important for me to empower my kids with why we do things. Uh, that's different. So like we intentionally chose an area to live in, which was diverse. And now my son goes to a school, which is, uh, which has a little bit more of Indian crowd. And he keeps telling me, and I was very shocked when he said that to me, which is similar to what you said, but you have to remember when you hear this, that, uh, we are in USA, right? with most kids similar to himself but he still says mom i don't feel as indian as they do my thinking is different than them and that is why i brought up the earlier topic where i said that there are indians who you know really hold on to their culture and they're they have a very different way of looking at things versus when you are multicultural and you are open to different thoughts and different cultures and you bring that into your home uh, I brought a book home about uh, various religions the other day and my son, we had a conversation and he read through the whole book and he had very uh, mindful conversations about, you know, uh, why, why do you think they do this? And, and we discussed it. I said, maybe this is why. And, and then I thought, okay, you know what, I need to find someone and ask them a couple of questions so that we know better of how I should answer them. Uh, so those are, I think, some of the ways in which we're different. And food, of course, uh, is multicultural my home because I love, I'm a foodie. So uh, I love the fact that my kids are exposed to different kinds of foods earlier itself. Uh, and of course, celebrations, like I already mentioned, the books we read, uh, we read everything we can get our hands on. Uh, I We watch uh, shows that are in Telugu or Malayalam with subtitles. Uh, we watch French movies with subtitles. And I'm glad that my kids get that view into different worlds because uh, we haven't been able to travel recently, of course. I think those are the major differences, I guess. So, Aditi, you know, I want to kind of take this this conversation, um, mm -hmm. you know, a little forward. Um, it actually reminds me, what you just said, it reminded me of that film American Desi, which had Carl Penn in it. Uh, not sure if you've seen it, but from 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 your expressions, I'm assuming you you've experienced that film, right? And even today, when I watched it the first time, I had a great laugh. Honestly speaking, the second time I watched it, I started picking up nuances. Uh, and that one thing that really stuck in my head was A B C D, right? American born, confused, desi, and and I was like, oh my god, these these people must mm -hmm. be feeling somewhere yeah. that they are always going to be in between and acceptance is going to be uh, a bit of a challenge right when they grow up obviously then you get more mature and everything but today parent of two kids growing what are the preparations that you are doing as a parent for your kids 
especially the fact that you are a third culture kid you know queer india us mm. uh, but your kids are proper american right but obviously the whole indian origin aspect is very strong so have you thought it through do you do you think you you need to prepare yes, them for the future what's is that why process i will plug my books in here because every single book comes from that foundation is because i truly believe that we never change like i i go in a place i go in a party even now and sometimes i feel out of place and i say that we need to empower our kids to know that they belong no matter how they feel in a room and that is why we need to prepare them and have these conversations so that i mean it's like being in an interview right if someone asks you a question you might know the exact answer you might not know and you should but you should be able to get a ballpark you know answer to whatever is being asked so when my son is questioned about why does he eat non veg or why uh, why does he celebrate christmas or why you know any why uh, or when someone says oh your name sounds funny or uh, why do you do certain oh you're hindu so in your home this and this happens i want him to be able to answer with conviction that that you know this is how it is in my home and that's fine and uh, and sometimes not answer and be okay with the person having that stereotype in their head and being on their merry way because you cannot change everyone's viewpoint you know a lot of people come and ask me that uh, i get a lot of moms sending me messages that oh this is happening with my child what do i do how do i help them deal with the situation and my answer is 99.9% mostly that only thing you can do is empower your child you cannot change the world around them you can help them see the world differently and each of my children's books is around that topic where it is either body positivity using culture and uh, uh, science and because i do believe that facts and fiction and culture can all be done together and it can help children learn and grow and uh, so reading is a that is the most important preparation i say that lived experiences i'm not saying diverse animal books i'm saying lived experiences read more and as parents please read books i see enough and don't read books also just read blogs you know if you you're not into reading read a magazine read an article but be mindful about what you're consuming and of course mindful conversations with your children about why you do what you do and uh, be understand the fact that they are growing in a different world than yourself a lot of parents have this misconception that oh you know my house is going to be exactly like how i grew up and uh, i we have to carry forward those traditions and we have to do things this way but you don't have to you choose to and you need to know the difference between the two and as long as you mindfully do that i think it's fine because at the end of the day and please don't bring down other cultures if you're a vegetarian that doesn't make make you better than a person who eats non-veg if you follow your culture perfectly to the t and that doesn't make someone who doesn't choose to or who chooses to do something different lesser than but that when you say oh i'm so proud of you being vegetarian I don't understand why someone would say that or non vegetarian for that matter is because you're indirectly telling a child that okay so if i'm proud of you doing this that means the converse is bad so anyone who's non vegetarian is bad i'm happy with the choice you're making i'm accepting of the choice you're making is different than saying what you are doing is the best thing in the world and everyone else is not that great so that is where all the bullying happens i believe i i my son got bullied by other indians that oh why are you eating this food or why, why do wow. you not speak hindi uh, you don't speak hindi because your mom speaks hindi but you don't speak hindi 
and he said but in my home you speak english why because my husband and i sp- speak in english english is both our first language for some reason his but me because i raised in kuwait so hmm. people don't understand that and uh, i i was told by a person, by a mother of my own age that oh you're a stay at home mom but uh, your kids don't speak hindi still how is that possible I'm wow like, dude like <laughs> there is no logic the logic is that the logic? my way is the best way and uh, unfortunately a lot of us uh, fall into the trap of thinking this that uh, my way of parenting or my way of living or my way of following my culture and traditions is the best way which is unfortunately not not only not right but it is not a good example for your children yeah very true i mean i, I i'm like appalled honestly when you and especially when you think about it this is not even happening like say in countries that we grew up right this is happening in the states so when it's like oh why don't you speak but i always say this right when a lot of people ask me why don't you all do pops in a pod in hindi well i didn't grow up speaking hindi i had to learn it in school right so i i can completely again relate to what you're talking about but i want to touch upon a couple of things that you brought up and uh, you know what feel free full self promotion time because that's primarily why we got you on the podcast right is and just going back cuz i realized you've had a very interesting journey you know starting off as a blogger right and you talked about just the community in there also i mean the reason nadir and i when i was talking to you said that the reason why we started this podcast is cuz it was a great way for us to talk to like minded dads and unfortunately we realized that there are far and few right uh, what was that journey like for you going from you know blogging finding the community and then finally like publishing the books if you could kind of tell us about that journey i'm very curious to know i came to us and i think this is pertinent to our earlier conversation as well because uh, i did not have a visa to work and uh, i have always loved writing like my husband knew even when before we were getting married that that was a secret dream of mine that someday i would love to be an author so when i was sitting at home uh, he was like you know why don't you think of pursuing writing you know why don't you because i was the kind of person i would sit in barnes and noble which is a bookstore and i would be like sitting and making notes about writing and you know how to write books and how to develop characters and things like that and uh, so he would say that you know keep, uh, why did you get into blogging you know it's very in now this is 2007 i started blogging when awkward was a thing i'm not kidding you yeah and i'm everyone still- listening suddenly i'm telling you if you know or the awkward reference you're the same age as us or even older other than that i'm sorry <laughs> you're gen z <laughs> <laughs> uh, uncle so, uncle awkward, and auntie for everyone's reference was uh, the one of the earlier social media platforms pre facebook back when you know farmville was a thing <laughs> so uh, yeah i started uh, blogging then and i found uh, i had uh, my uh, blog was on blogger.com and uh, i used to uh, exchange feedback with fellow bloggers uh, so that was the first way i started so in 2007 that's how we began uh, and then slowly you know i was like no this is cool and i would, i started taking classes and i started uh, doing courses and then i got into freelance writing and uh, it was amazing because uh, i was doing something i loved uh, but i was applying for publications like huffington post thrive uh, 
and all the local ones also no one was accepting me i got like 65 70 rejections like no one would even respond like half the people didn't respond half the people would not accept uh, wow and uh, then uh, one of my articles about uh, teaching kids about consent and sexual predators went viral pretty much in those days what viral would be and uh, and then i applied for the same article for huffington post and it got accepted there as well and uh, then life was kind of different after that because once i got accepted there then many doors opened and uh, i finally uh, ariana huffington left huffington post and started thrive and i applied to her personally and she accepted and i got an email from her saying that i love your article and it was about unplugging uh, and being an empowered uh, business owner and uh, by the, back then i had started raising more children i had just started the idea so she was like this is great work and i loved it and that was one of the first big validations i got that you know ariana huffington is writing to yeah. and then uh, from there of course uh, raising more children was a collaborative platform it was a lot of work but it was amazing to see all these stories coming out about uh, how people were using mythology or how they were celebrating traditions uh, in multicultural homes and what it means to be biracial or marrying outside your religion and uh, then of course the natural transition was to writing books and my first book strong roots have no fear was uh, almost like it is actually a love letter to my kids because uh, i always say people often ask me like how do you know which book to invest in first and i say like if you die tomorrow which is the book you want to make sure is out right now that is the book you should invest in no matter what you know whether it it's marketable not marketable because that's a book wow. like even if it doesn't do good you'll be happy like you'll be like acha your soul will be content whether if it, it sells or not and uh, people loved the book it uh, it got a couple of awards uh, and then of course picture books was something i wanted to because i wanted to create picture books that were a marriage of science and culture which uh, two three of my books are the first sparkles me series is about uh, how mythology and facts go together so how our skin sparkles uses uh, science and mythology uh, to explain to kids why we all are different skin colors uh, smaller tall we sparkle after all is about uh, how our height is affected by our culture and uh, our genes uh, and sparkles of joy is my favorite because it's about how christmas hanukkah and uh, diwali are similar and yet different and it's one thing with your friends uh and of course now amaya's two worlds is actually about me uh, so that's a book that i wrote just for me because uh, it brought home the fact and i wanted people to know that uh, children who look indian uh, don't often feel indian and when they go to india is often the biggest place where they feel that they are not indian and uh, that's where they question themselves and that's what happened to me where uh, and i know my kids feel the same for sure because when their grandparents come sometimes they can't relate to some things that are said and things like that and have to be the mediator between that that okay they said this but they mean this and you know that to kind of thing but yeah and of course uh, amaya's two worlds also about language learning because people don't often understand why uh, third culture kids don't want to speak in their uh, heritage language and uh, some people And this is the comment i had got which made me put that in the book is that uh, oh kids don't speak in their heritage language because they're ashamed of their culture and i was like no that's not it they just don't think in that language 
it just doesn't come naturally to me just the fact that you assume that just because they are raised in a household that speaks a language they should know the language is unfair to them and uh, i'm really hoping that when more and more people read this books uh, especially amaya's two words they understand that uh, being different uh, is beautiful but it is also important for all of us to be empathetic to, to the challenges we all face and that's what all of it is about wow i think i think that's like the best uh, elevator pitch <laughs> an extended elevator <laughs> pitch but i think i think that's perfect just like in terms of just understanding i mean honestly we all know the reason why these books should exist right but but the fact that you know even in 2022 where having these conversations and just trading notes across seas literally right of how things are so i i think it, and i think to be honest right with i feel with just the amount of information that's there right the, even though there's so much information let's be honest everyone's rather make a tiktok or a reel or things like that and put share memes instead of like actually going through such things right because that's what gets the attention of everyone yep and it's it's extremely sad as all i can say is like uh, back when we were not that popular we used to have our articles picked up and shared on whatsapp willingly and it used to be heartbreaking for me <clears throat> that people don't even realize you know copyright is a thing or you know giving credit to someone is important uh, but okay i was like okay chalo at least people are reading these these articles and even if what at least that's what that's happening but uh, but it's really sad that you know people would rather share a joke than something that provokes thought because they are fearful about oh i'm making a stand but i think we need to have more uh, i think uh, courage to stand up for what we believe in and uh, this this new culture that's come up of you know banning people and you know canceling them needs to like die down and people need to just relax a little and be open to agreeing to disagree with stuff and i think that's social media is a blessing but uh, let's let's be honest here it's also give, made everyone an armchair warrior you know i i just wanted to add one one final point from mine which is that you brought up this whole aspect of reading my wife and i are voracious readers right so um obviously your kid is born to contradict you she hates reading she loves numbers um so and like she hates reading with with a vengeance like she wants us to read to them but you know how she's picking up reading now she loves music um so i've i've made a a, a playlist uh, of her name and any music that she likes uh, we added to the playlist and then she keeps asking papa what is this song what is this song you don't remember that song papa i said no i don't remember you don't know how to read so you'll have to now tell me when you read the song you have to remember it because i i don't know what song it is obviously i know what song she's talking about so then on yes. on spotify she'll go to the song and she'll start reading the name of the artist uh, and the thing and then she realizes that oh there are lyrics also so while she's listening to music she's trying to follow those words uh and imagine if a 6 year old can do this and peter and i both teach as well right we teach in the same college and it's a struggle to explain to young 20 year olds the importance of reading anything anything this is like looking at our faces hoping that we will give them notes and which they can just by heart and you know vomit back in their their exam so yes the point that you're making about reading is so relevant because that is exactly what we are constantly trying to do 
you know, with the people around us. And we're just trying to tell them that, yes, you have the phone in your hand and social media. And as you rightly said, armchair warriors, right? That please don't be those people. There is so much knowledge in words, in people who have published, who've done their research, right? They're just making things so much more easy, easy for you in terms of accessing knowledge. So uh, thank you for that. I mean, I really appreciate that it's not coming from Peter and me and there's another person who thinks very yeah. similar to So <laughs> I, I would just like to add to what advocate. you said because uh, I have written a multiple articles about how to get your kids love reading and I'm going to steal that idea and add this there. But... Uh, I have to please. Yes, I have to tell parents this uh, that if your child is not interested in reading, you just haven't found the right book for them. Like a lot of parents have this misconception that reading Harry Potter is some kind of milestone in life. That you know your kid has to read Harry Potter in order to be called a reader. But ma- comic books are reading, reading captions are reading, re- reading lyrics is reading, uh, reading blog posts is reading you know it you cannot define reading by saying my my son is loves reading he is constantly reading but he does not read storybooks he reads non-fiction and that's absolutely fine he when he was four or five i tried to giving him storybooks and he was not interested i took him to the library i said pick whatever you like he picked up books about dinosaurs he he can tell you what dinosaur is what height is what eats what everything he can tell you about planes he can tell you about uh, anything he gets into, he reads everything about it. And if your kids are into Pokemon, get them Pokemon books. If their kids are into planes, get them plane books. You don't have to get them story books. You don't have to get them Amar Chitra Katha. I mean, if you get that, it's great because I love them. But if you don't, it's fine. Let your kids pick the book uh, and let them lead with what they want to read. Uh, and I think uh, that's important because and even parents, like a lot, lot of times when I'm selling books, They'll come up, they're like, oh, great work, amazing work. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't read. I'm like, of course you do. You read. Like, you're an adult, you read. You don't read these books. I get that. You don't say that I don't read. Like, that makes no sense. So, uh, <laughs> so and, and that's a choice you make. Like I keep saying, you know, it's a yeah. choice you make about what you're consuming. So, you are spending one to one and a half, two hours a day on social media. You can easily read a magazine in that much time. You can easily read a chapter book. You can easily read a great book with your kids. Why are we not thinking about that as parents? If we are trying to raise a generation of kids who are mindful and who think about what decisions they're making and make the right choices, why are we not being better examples? Totally. Uh, One of the things Nadir and I keep talking about is just how we need to be better examples for our kids, right? Because at the end of the day, kids just reflect what we do, right? And they're a, we're a great mirror in a way. So if we do that, then they'll kind of also do it. But you know what? I'm, I'm sure this can go on for another hour. So I have one last burning question for you, Aditi. And, you know, answer it however you choose. We, we Just to come a full circle, right? Uh, and this is something I talked about on the last episode, is the concept of home, right? As, some, as someone who's spent like close to half his life living in various different countries, till date when someone asked me, where is home? I struggle with that idea. So is that something that you struggle with also? Or what's home for you? We were having this conversation pre-recording where I said, for me, Kuwait feels like home. But to be very honest, I have never been confused. Like we, uh, I think Nadir, but I might be wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, you brought up the concept of ABCD. 
and I really used to hate it growing up. I'm like, what is there to be confused about? Because I really believe that no matter what your passport says, no matter where you've been, it is your values that define you as a person and your home and your family. So as long as you're with family and you or you have your values intact, you're good. So I and to be honest with you, Richmond, I have been here 15 years and I think this is the longest I've, I've lived in a city. So now if anyone asks me where home is, Richmond, Virginia and USA is home for me because that's where I've spent the longest time in my life and I've raised my two beautiful kids here and my husband and I have built our life here. We've bought our, we've moved from apartment to town home to house. Uh, we got a dog. Uh, we've done so much. We And we've actually, like I said, built a life here and it's uh, it's just wonderful that we've done that. So I believe people need to remember that home, so no matter where you are, like a lot of people are always like, oh, my US mein home, but my, I'm sorry, I went to Hindi, but my heart is in, I'm Desi by heart and my heart is in India. I get that, I get the feeling, but you need to remember that your home and what you have done here carries a lot of value. And I don't think there's enough appreciation of that. If, if there was, and I think that confusion would never happen because there's nothing to be confused about. Wow, I think, you know, you've left, me and a lot of our listeners with a lot to think about so i think that's a great way to wrap up this episode uh th thank you so much Adri, for sharing your experiences and your life with us honestly because there's so much actually you've shared in this short conversation thanks Aditi. really really appreciate uh that that you advocate reading i think that's that's uh i i really respect uh, people who, who do that because we feel so strongly about that and and whatever that that you're doing we we wish you the best for Thank that you. and and yes absolutely i think you uh, and everyone else have to be respected uh for their values and what they stand for and not what geographical location they belong to so i think that also is a great great message thank you so thank much. you so much but yes. one last plug how does everyone who's listening to this episode wherever in the world they are get a hand of your books and the lovely stuff that you've been talking about. How do they reach out to you? Uh, they can find me on uh, raisingworldchildren.com or uh, my Instagram handle, which is the same, which is raisingworldchildren. Uh, and of course, my name is pretty much uh, on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to DM me. Uh, I'm always happy to answer people because I know that it's a struggle and it's always nice to have a friendly person on the other side. Uh, which I hope I am, <laughs> but I try to help with the limited uh, experience I've had in life. And uh, because I know there's a lot more to experience and there's a lot more to uh, do, but uh, I'm always here. If anyone needs any kind of help with their books or with their parenting, I'm always here. Awesome. And on that note, everyone knows how to reach out to Nader and me. We're at popsinapod at gmail.com. Just like Aditi, we are also on social media. Just search for Pops in a Pod and you'll find us on Instagram. And yeah, thank you for listening in. And hopefully we will see you guys again. Or at least you can hear us again next week. All right, then. We'll see you guys. Bye.